Hey everybody, welcome to the 101st episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, just a quick reminder to please check us out on Patreon if you want to get some cool exclusive benefits, like access to our Discord and Livecast. And another reminder that MathCore Index Fest 2023 is right around the corner, July 22nd, at Transpecos in Queens, New York, featuring the Sawtooth Grin, Venus Twins, Thin, Sunflower, Under the Pier, Miko, More of Myself to Kill, and now featuring the Cheeseburger Picnic. You pulled that out of your brain right there. You didn't read off a list. Well done, sir. It's only eight bands, so... (laughs) Almost like you booked the show or something like that, too. It's It's almost like I curated it, yeah. Um, yeah, for better or for worse, we kept it small this year, so it's just one day, July 22nd, again, at Transpicos, and tickets are on sale now. Come out and kick it. I think I favor day-long fests than two-day-long fests. It's very short sets, I'll tell you right now, it's an early show, it starts at, music is going to start at 5, so get there early. That's right, 5 a.m., you guys yeah. get there as, <laughs> as crack of dawn for some math court. Because we got places to be and things to do, all right? <laughs> well, because, you know, we're up at 4 a.m., sharp. <laughs> you know, bingo. Anywho, so yeah, look forward to seeing you guys there. So the first band we're going to talk about is Needleplay. And Needleplay are a mathcore outfit from Massachusetts featuring Tony Clark, also of nursing and crippling alcoholism. And they just released their new album, Townie, on June 14th. And this band has gone through a couple transformations since their inception in 2017. They, I mean, back then they released an entire album with a different vocalist. Yep. And then they later recruited Tyler of, who was at the time I just had like left Mouth Breather. Yes. I think. Yep. And now Tyler has subsequently departed the band and now it's just Tony Clark and Heath Souza, guitarist and drummer respectively, and both of them contributing vocally on this album. I will say this material is a lot closer to the nursing material than it is to the more jazz core leaning stuff like on Cruel Spring. Also, you're crippling alcoholism as well. Yeah, um, they're they're really moving into the the more like spoken word kind of territory with all their like newest endeavors yeah. or specifically Tony is, I think. I think Tony's the one doing that. Um, overall, uh, this Needleplay album is definitely thicker in your spoken word. It's basically in every track. Every track. Um, it's it's predominant. It's like the predominant vocal technique on this album. I do right away want to compare uh, a group. I see Christian is uh, weird enough wearing a Fawn Limbs t-shirt where we have covered the EP where it's ultimately a spoken word <laughs> EP, but with excellent that, comparison with the Fawn Limbs with the Fawn Limbs uh, spoken word EP. There was the. It's basically the story of a of a cowboy dying ultimately. Right. Uh, so. Even if you go into that album not knowing that the scheme of things, you listen to the album and by the end you're like, okay, that was a cohesive story this person was just saying. I do want to say that I really enjoy Needle Play's approach in this spoken word. Uh, sometimes it is a little lengthy. I agree. I, it can overstay its welcome occasionally. I think it works against the album here and there. In an audio recording just via an album, sitting down and listening to it, this is totally chill. I love it. Bring it to me. Now, if I am watching Needle play, play a live set, I do feel that it might be a little cringy watching this with maybe, let's just be honest with everybody out here, are sometimes the shows of mathcore and screamo metal and stuff, we don't attract a full crowd, right? So we might have a crowd of 10 or 20 people. I don't think I could sit through or stand and watch two to three people on stage doing this much lengthy spoken word stuff. And have it hit me in emotion. I would kind of be like, all right, okay, let's wrap it up here. Okay, okay, oh yeah, the song kicks in. All right, there we go, that kind of thing. So for that, it, I just... Uh, yeah, I, it's definitely more of a studio experience, I think, on that. What note. I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of spoken word, and I don't think there's a full story behind it. So I'm trying to understand each... Not only am I trying to understand the lyrical content of tracks in general, I'm now like, okay, what is he fucking talking about? Like that kind of thing. <laughs> like on Shoot the Gods, Hang the Masters, God, whatever it is, that really just goes on for for just a bit too there's long. There's quite a few. and um, Not to belabor this no. point that there's too much spoken where I think we've, we've established that. Exactly. But, but uh, there, you know, uh, I there's a there's a specific track I can't remember where, you know, the spoken word and all of a sudden there'd just be like a blast with a, a second voice coming in, like a, re, like, a uh, like a rebuttal or something. Mm-hmm. Call and response. Call and response. Thank you. Love that. Amazing. But overall, I would say it's a lot of the spoken word and it's something new. And overall, though, I want to say that 
this album probably hit me the hardest out of every album on this uh, episode due to how unique it was, you know? Uh, it's overall just, um, it's just something a little different. Still has got that screamo touch. It still sounds like needle play, right? Mm -hmm. But now if you do tell me like the members of this band, I'm like, all right, this kind of checks out a little bit more. I'm seeing where they're going with this, you know? It's like a logical progression based upon what they've been doing with other projects. You said it better than I did right there. There we go. Yep. This is really good though. I want to say that this is definitely one of my most enjoyed listens of the podcast because when the spoken word is good, it can be really, really good. It can be used to great effect, especially on two devils where the lyrics are just particularly vivid and disturbing. Uh, and it really creates some nice dynamics for the instrumentals to suddenly like burst back in to the mix with like, like a disturbing thought basically. Yes. Yes. It's like, there is this, like the way that the spoken word is, it does almost feel like, um, this, spoken like like it's like tony's uh there's a voice in tony's head that's going on you know something like that right um, and there it's haunting mm -hmm. you know yeah just i would say disturbing is the primary descriptor i'd use for that two devils track where he's describing this family getting a vat of acid poured all over them and it, it's just like it's really uh it, it sticks with you yeah, even though there's i don't think that there is like as you're saying uh an overarching narrative to yeah. connect all these songs together I think that is, you know, that's definitely like a weak point, like narratively or lyrically speaking. But yeah, again, Two Devils, I really did enjoy the the use of spoken word on that track. And also on Datura with the sweeping, oh boy. the yep. sweeping piano arpeggios on that track is really quite interesting. Creates some really nice, um, some really nice contrast between the screaming and the, you know, the softer piano parts. And then of course they're doing a lot more like down tune stuff. It feels like this is just way more extended range than a little more low and slow for sure. Yeah. Uh, I do want to touch on one thing. Did you notice this? So their 2020 album, Death by Dying, that was one where we did cover on the podcast. And I believe I mentioned specifically that only one track does not have a town name of Massachusetts. Right. So track two is Woolborn. Track three, Blaricia or whatever it is. You know, like <laughs> it's just towns of Massachusetts. Okay. Then we go to the title of this album, Townie. There is something about the localness, like you either love the local vibe or you want to fucking get the fuck out and you fucking hate everybody there. I don't know what it is. It's a recurring theme in all hardcore. Yeah, we got two only two albums here, two of the three of Needleplay, and they seem to be focusing on that. So anyways, it just I thought it interesting, you know, just like what an album has a bunch of tracks named blah, 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 Massachusetts. I, and then the next album is called Townie. You're like, OK, what's going they on? Have, here? They have a clear fascination with like the denizens of their area and um, their sort of like lack of eloquence it seems coming from <laughs> coming from a guy that comes from north dakota a place with less than a million people in it get the fuck out if you don't like it run get the fuck out uh, but if it's creating good material good for you i just hope not every day you're grinding your teeth hating everybody around you because that would just highly suggest you get the fuck out of there well i mean i would suggest the same to people who live in a religiously oppressive state like utah but again as you're saying the other conversely that can create some really excellent you know, art in reaction. Oh to, yeah. The to anger that. makes the fucking magic baby. Absolutely. I just, I just thought it was interesting. I was just stay thinking. angry folks. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, similarly, I think that the soft moments on this record where the spoken word and dynamics are more in focus is where it's really at its most compelling. Um, Unpleasures is another one that I would cite next to Datura. Datura, on that note, really reminded me of their older material. It, it felt like it could have been a cruel spring cut, which is probably no coincidence because... Oh, that Datura is the track. Yeah, it, they definitely kind of go back to that. They yes, reference, yes, yes, yes. they literally say the words cruel spring in that track. So they're like referencing the album there. Good call, bud. Yeah, the technical more math chord type sequences are really quite excellent, though, when they do hit. Like, there's a staggering amount of detail in every last arrangement that they do that is on a level that is close to calculating infinity. Wow. Especially on like the multi-phased Rat House. That that song is like five or six minutes and it really just hits like Dillinger-esque highs with the insane, you know, diminished chromatic runs. I feel like overall, DPH, Eternity, Entity. That's a good track too. So that was, that's probably my favorite one, you know? That's a good one. Yeah, Two Devils, Rat House, and Detura, I would say, are like the strongest. I think Two Devils is like the podcast song, though, personally. It's a little more concise. Just Two Devils. It's got the most, what, what I think is the most like convincing spoken word sequence, and it's still got a bit of like, you know, the math core like flair. So, yeah. Once again, man, I gotta say, it just, 
it's unique. This this album, we, we did critique this, but I just want to get it across again. I fucking liked it. You know what? Everyone needs to get used to it. We've got critiques for everybody. Like, yep. <laughs> I don't want to do a podcast where I just constantly blow smoke up everyone's ass and tell you that I love everything, every aspect of every release we cover. It's not true. Yep. I can only say brutal and banger so much, too. You know, i got to kind of move from, from Oh, that. <laughs> yeah. We, we exhausted our superlatives and adjectives really early on. So now it's like we really have to be thoughtful and subsequent. Uh, overall, though, I just uh, needle play, uh, grab some more members, and fucking keep making music, man. Yeah, on that note, they are searching for more members. They need a live guitarist, live drummer, I believe is what they're... They've, I been, think, they've been looking for like the last month, I believe, uh, at least. Or maybe uh, a vocalist. Yeah. yeah, I think they're sort of flexible because Tony does vocals and guitar. So anyway, yeah, hit them up. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Two Devils, which is track three from Towny, which is Needleplay's new album that dropped on June 14th. Here we go. <laughs> Alright, so that was Two Devils, which is track three from Needleplay's new album, Townie, which came out back in June. So next, we're going to talk about Clout Chaser. And Clout Chaser are an instrumental math rock duo from North Carolina. And they just released their debut full-length, Metallica, on June 2nd via Choke Artist. Sons of bitches. (laughs) Yeah, first of all. Sons of fucking bitches. I have to say, that is brilliant marketing. Especially given that the the first track on the album is called Inter Sandman, so you know that they're getting some at least some accidental traffic, which is which is funny to think about. Did you know legally you are able to do that? 
Like, um, get this. No, you hear me out. If you, if I want today to write a book called Gone with the Wind and title it that, I can do that. There is no copyright on title of, uh, on, on Gone with the well, Wind. I think in certain cases it's like it becomes public domain after a certain amount of time. I don't know about in the case of like book titles. But I'm going to look this up more. I don't know enough you. about this to dispute it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, you can do this. You can literally be like, <laughs> yep, this, that. I'm not sure about like. I'm going to have mean, to take Levi's word I'm for it this sure time. I'm sure you can't call your band Metallica. But I mean like calling an album Metallica and then like doing things like that. You can do that. You can use a fucking title as long as not like I can call an album the White Album. It just can't be the Beatles White Album. Right. I can you can't I can. You call should call it, it the, the Beatles White Album. That would be funny. Should we? Should we call the podcast the Beatles White Album? Should we just switch that and just make everybody very confused? I think that's a much. <laughs> I think that's a much better name. Talk about clickbait. Yeah, right? Right. <laughs> this isn't about the Beatles at all. Imagine their disappointment, the Beatles fans. We'd be upsetting everybody just like that first math teacher. God, these guys are annoying. Remember that math guy that always tried to follow us and get a oh, get <laughs> cool math guy or cool math dad or something. Yeah, I had to just block him. I was tired of him spamming me. Rest in peace. He probably died. You know who else I had to to block? No, actually, I shouldn't. Talk yeah, don't go on. Don't do that. Yeah, don't. So. Yeah, this is not like your typical math rock duo in like the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that, however, OG math rock heads who like stuff like Hella or any sort of Zach in, uh, Zach Hill influence, especially on the drumming. Yeah, we, it's in there, you know, that kind of thing. You know. But that said, you still really do get the sense that this band's sound and influences, like their sound isn't informed by thrash to some degree. So I think that that kind of like makes calling the album Metallica makes sense. Man, if you listen to the riffs in here, they are very thrashy. There's some like thrash riffs thrown in like these like math rock arrangements. Yes, yes, absolutely. I there's um as it's so interesting that this this, uh some like on a lot of the podcasts we don't do instrumentals and then just like fucking one on one like this we'll just do two or three on one podcast basically. Just, it just happens. It's got to like be that. good instrumental for us to really gravitate towards it's it. It's always weird how like we always do more than one when we do this. But uh, overall, this instrumentals are sometimes a little hard to, you know, follow. Like we we're just talking about uh, with needle play, like the co- cohesiveness with the ly- lyrics and the spoken word. Like, oh, can I like, what is this about? But I think you have to like let go of there being any potential th- theme. Absolutely. This, when you, you gotta, you gotta go for the ride. With this one specifically, the riffs randomly, just just random little parts would just take me down little roads. I'm like, wait, was that? God, that riff. Oh, man. that's And then I'm on to the next one. Like, it, There's lots of Easter eggs. Everything was hella catchy. Yes, a lot of Easter eggs. Um, overall, I would say that this is a critique that sometimes we throw at the instrumental bands where some random vocals in here would be really fun, but... I had a great time listening to this, and I just, uh, yeah, just really fucking pleased, man. Every track was like, oh, mm, oh, what the fuck? Oh, okay, just kind of bobbing my head, and that's all I really can ask for with a, an instrumental album rock with duo. fucking two, yeah, two people just making some music. Like, you know, it's great. Yeah. yeah, this rocks. It's good. Like that's what I want. That's what I want to hear. It's like, rock. It yeah. rocks. <laughs> yeah, it's um. It's definitely a fun listen with like a lot of humor, and you can tell that right away with song titles again, like Inner Sandman or not too goofy, but they are having some fucking fun, man. You know, I will say that they they lose me a bit with the like the first three tracks are just so humor injected. With the first one, I mean, at least the first one has got like some some more umph to it, but the the what is it math rock police yeah that, that yes. one I'm, that's a skipper for me i don't need to hear the police riff in five four whatever time signature they're putting it into like i, I just i didn't need to hear those those nods so that 120 percent burnt where they bring the 43 yep. percent burnt burnt riff in i feel like okay first of all 420 percent burnt amazing title love it keep it up i uh, i like it in spirit but in spirit yes but like will i listen to it every time i listen to the album i don't know math rock police hit me in a different way Christian, more of the musician here. I am not, you know. Uh, that one kind of grabbed me in a way. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, you know. Just, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's like the first half of the album feels like a meme. I think is where I'm where I'm landing with this. Yeah. Like the first three tracks specifically, but that's so that's where that's the only critique, I guess. Like bouncing off what you just said there, uh, when I'm saying it is a little all over the place, a little bit, you know. That's where it's coming from. Where it's like, okay, where's what's okay, where's that come? Okay, what, what the, like that kind of yeah, when they're like trying to like show us these interpolations I get a little bored when they're bringing their original material that's when I start to get more interested and around track four with accidental live stream we're starting to hit 
original territory that isn't reliant on other songs to form the core. Favorite track. Favorite fucking track. I love that one. Fucking great riff that is like so, still has that kind of like 70s, 80s, like, you know, thrash sort of like prog rock feel to it with all the, the pinch harmonics, but then has all those like tappy runs that gives it that math rock spirit. So it's such a almost clashing set of influences that you would never see fitting well together. But man, they... They pull it off. Even the name Clout Chaser, you are you kind of like already like like if you're upset like with what we've already said, it's like well you you read the you fucking, you're getting yourself you into it. come on yeah you know, this is a funny band you signed the terms you yeah. know like come on now this like, is a, this is a funny band but they're they're doing it well and like I think funny and math band. rock not a joke band yeah. but they they have clearly an element of humor to what they're doing I'm say I'm saying less jokey like less jokey than. You know, steak uh, sauce, steak sauce you yeah. know, things like that, you know, but this one has like a, it's more of like a tip of the hat. Like it's a, how a jazz kind of has humor sometimes where the guy does one note and you're like, ah, oh, I thought he was oh, going to well, do that other note. I tell you what, man. Jazz, I, I was watching this jazz drummer reacts to, you know, uh, he reacts to all different kinds of like metal and sort of unorthodox drummers and extreme Send music. Send me that link. So he's reacting to Zach Hill and uh, it, I think that the onset of his review he's like talking shit and then he comes back and he's like I just I just had a realization that what he is doing is jazz. And I think you can say the same thing about Clout Chaser is they're very much in the same realm as Hella in that there's kind of a bit of a semi-improvisational spirit perhaps in some some parts and um, yeah I mean when you're feeding off one another feeding off another another person's energy that's you know pretty much what forms jazz. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Anyway, so yeah, just um, just to sort of tie that together with what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, overall though, great fucking release. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Let's move on before I start rambling anymore. So I think yeah, accidental live stream is the one. Also, another good title. Another Super good. Title. Yeah. Overall, this is just like a, a really unique and fun thrash injected take on instrumental math rock that. You, you probably won't hear another record like this again this year. It's certainly one that will, like, scratch the hella itch. And just, like, a very promise... Like, this is really promising for a debut full-length, too, to come out with, like, this much material and, like, in this, like, level of quality. Where the fuck do instrumental bands go in the next... You know, the like, how they progress and everything. It's just interesting. I just want to... I'm, I'm really eager to see well, what Cloud Chaser does next, you know? You look at your covets and look at your standards and look at your chons. I don't think that there's a lot of mileage behind... Hmm, well said, bud. I think that chon is the canary in the coal mine for how, how far... Progressing and advancing. How far an instrumental can, band can go yeah. with without any sort of, like, real lyrics or thing that you can identify with you know, emotionally other than just like the music, the feeling that it gives you, which is in most cases enough for a lot of people. But yeah, I think that, uh, it, it tends to be maybe more easily forgotten when compared to music that has like lyrics that you can identify with as well. And even like saying that about the standards, I guess it is an ongoing thing, theme of like fruit, right? It's like, so it's a theme, you know, it's going on. It's like, a there's no reason to like to do a concept album when you're just always doing light, airy, math rock right with fruit titles so we're gonna go ahead and play accidental live stream which is track four from metallica which came out on june 2nd via choke artist here we go
<laughs> so they they're not like big into pageantry or anything, but they do always wear the same fit, which is like high top sneakers with very tight fit jeans, long hair. Boom! Yeah. Sign me up. They look like they're twins, but yeah. I don't think they are. Some kind of brothers. Yeah. I mean, they're like us where they're like friends and they spend way too much time together. So they ultimately look like. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. God, yep. Damn, you, God damn you. You son of a bitch. You osmosis. He looks like a, a skinnier version of me. <laughs> son of a bitch. It's like you got hooked on meth like back in the day or something like that. <laughs> All right. I was going to be more generous, but. So that was Accidental Livestream, which is track four from Metallica, which is Cloud Chaser's new album, which came out back in June via Choke Artist. Mm-hmm. Whoa, Choke Artist. Fucking right on. That's a stamp of approval right there. Yep. If Dark Trail is the stamp of approval for a mathcore band, then certainly Choke Artist is a stamp of approval for a uh, up-and-coming math rock band. Wow, that's fucking rad. I did not know that. That's great. Yeah, Choke Artist is one of the best underground mm-hmm. labels, one of my favorites for sure. Next to Zakema Beach, I, I think that Choke Artist is like one of the most important labels out there for you know, indie underground music. Amazing. So next, we're going to talk about Burner. And Burner are a deathcore outfit from London, UK. And I don't mean Whoa, that... Oh, UK! And I don't mean that in a traditional sense, but we'll get to that. And yeah, UK UK is just like fucking killing it with extreme music right now. Ithaca, Helpless, Burner, um, Rulo Tomasi, obviously, very well established. Employed to serve, very well established. But I mean, you, you have like so many up and coming bands right now that are just like... I mean, Pupil Slicer, duh. Uh, death goals, duh. Isn't the wasn't this produced by one of the people from Employed to Serve? I don't remember that offhand. You could be right though. It might have Sammy might have had. I'm gonna leave in this. this. I'm gonna leave this in the in the notes right now. We're just gonna say that you guys gotta correct us. I'll fact check that anyway. Anyways, uh, burner. I uh, I know you said deathcore, but now you, I know you didn't mean it really. Yeah, so I don't mean that in the traditional sense when you, like you're talking about. The typical tropes like minor third riffs, pig squeals, repetitive open note break chugging down, break breakdowns. Down, break down. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is very no skillfully. <laughs> no, there's no pig squeals. Yeah, yeah, this is like a very skillful blend of death metal and hardcore vernacular in a way that strongly reminds me of animosity. I was so gonna. That's say, the framework I would sort of put it in. I'm gonna I'm gonna go your way. Uh, it is more thrashy with breakdowns. It's a little more. You and know. animosity was always very much on like the neo technical mm-hmm. thrash riff taken to the absolute possible extreme level, which made them kind of like bordering the math core material. Let's say Burner was going down the same route that Animosity was. I feel Burner black tinges a little bit more. It's a little bit more black into They do more like, than just black tinge. I mean, this is like, this is really quite eclectic. There's like a lot of death metal influence, obviously. There's quite a bit of hardcore influence, metalcore influence. And I think that math core also is pervading this. And Black metal to a lesser lesser extent, um, definitely on the closing track for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Waco Horror definitely has, as I recall anyway, has quite a bit of black, black My metal. My favorite track, Waco Horror. It's a fucking banger. One of the best tracks on the album and a great closer for sure. Yeah, they do. Um, they do bring in the black metal just a little bit. You know, on paper, this sounds like it could be any number of HM2 like entombed core bands, but it really does have a lot of character. Like, it's like a technical palette with hardcore influence and it's just uh beautifully blended yeah you know very well blended yep it's it's quite seamless this is like really excellent i I listened to this a number of times production crisp as hell fucking sign me up loved it you know um i just uh this so burner i oddly was listening to this before christian threw it on the list so i was pretty familiar with this uh release already it was on our radar already. it was already on the radar yeah. absolutely in there, the bullpen if you will yeah in the bullpen <laughs> uh there is there's some there's some groove here uh this album overall had my fucking attention track one to the end man there's not a skipper on this track mm, or on this no, album no rather. skippers yep it's like every track is really fucking good I, you cannot go wrong no matter what you select basically so we got a comment here in the in the in the chat here. Robert's asking. I thought they were U.S. based with Waco Horror. Well, it's just, what's going on here? Robert's from Texas, so natural curiosity about the location. I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Waco Horror for sure. Um, 
Hurt Locker kicks down the doors. It for really the album, does, man. You know, that's like, that's such a good opener. Like the two stepping part in that is so. When that hits, you can see it coming a mile away. But yeah, it's just like <laughs> you know, you're checking your watch, like. And but now. like, <laughs> but when it hits, though, it's like such a goddamn powerful. Uh, moment. The, yeah, the opening of this album is really, really good. It all returns to nothing on track two. You have the title track, which is also very good. Prometheus Reborn, though. Oh yeah. That the end of that track has is that, a, is that the ender? Uh, the you know the end of that track has oh. a like a really like math like very math core injected song. So that was one that I would sort of point to as being the podcast track. But since we both agree that Waco Horror bangs, I'm I'm cool with that. Prometheus had that lyric like I have become death I have become death like over and over again it was pretty sick right the um the Oppenheimer Oppenheimer speech thank you that's been used in so many different things though no no just the lyrics he said I I know I don't think he says I became death destroy worlds he just kept kept using I became I've become death like in the lyrics of that track I was like all right pretty good (laughs) because Levi reads the lyrics Robert's got me in the (laughs) chat boom Robert (laughs) all right so we're going to go ahead and play Waco Horror, which is from It All Returns to Nothing, which is Burner's new album, which came out on June 23rd via Church Road Records. Here we go. Right, so that was Waco Horror, which is from Brenner's new album, It All Returns to Nothing, and that came out back in June via Church Road Records. Yeah, Robert, just a quick aside. Homie apparently listens to a lot of... I already typed this, I don't know why I'm saying this again. You can read it, but yeah. He listens. He watches a lot of US TV, I guess. Hmm. So there's like a lot of like... He has a, a borderline US accent, even though he's from... Like, I think the South or something, or maybe, I can't remember where he's from exactly, but he's from the UK. But he sounds like he's from fucking America. He's like an American accent, basically. How many foreign actors there are that can just throw an English accent out there, uh, or just an American accent out there, just naturally, you know? I mean, Oh, yeah. Oh. Sure. And not very many Americans can do a UK accent well. Butcher the shit out of it. I grew up watching, conversely, a lot of UK television, which may have affected my sort of... Like, when I, like, am doing work on the phone, I definitely have a persona that's more transatlantic, I would say, which is, like, bordering on some kind of, like, you know, it uses, like, a bit of Britishism. Wait, transatlantic, like, you're from the 1920s? What are you talking about? Transatlantic. Ah, I'll tell you what. <laughs> see, see, yeah, that is yeah, certainly yeah. one way of describing it, but no, transatlantic is another way of also saying it's vaguely English-sounding, I guess. I always thought transatlantic was just like when I wanted to like sound like a newspaper guy from like the 1930s. That's the stereotypical like, way of okay, describing okay. it, yeah, because back then, you know, I guess we didn't really have the typical American accent that we do now. Math Car Index News. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Math Car Index News. <laughs> Oh. Math car dandies. <laughs> yeah, damn, math car dandies. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, so next, we're going to talk about Intercourse. And Intercourse are a noise rock outfit from Connecticut. And they just released their new album, Halo Castration Institute, <laughs> on May 8th. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot. Yeah, the, the title definitely... There's a lot to unpack here. Speaking of spoken word, I don't think that there's any band applying that technique to, to noise rock better than this band and and Tarek. Like he is a veritable poet and an excellent storyteller. Like his words are just truly mesmerizing on this album, and 
speaking of vivid, I mean, it's just every track is so gripping. Yep, I'm with them there. Uh, I gotta say, Intercourse has always been fucking solid as hell. I love this band, yeah. But holy shit, this album specifically. It's their best. I'm only gonna say it once. I'm only gonna say this, this name once, but it is down that chat pile road. It is so frustrating but the story is there and it's just, it's gripping and I fucking love it so much. Uh, yeah. It's like they are on the same wavelength as chat pile without in any way being derivative of what they're doing. I think no, that it's just a case of all just happens to be the same. It's a pure, thing. exactly. Yeah. It's a pure case of parallel thought. Yep. Yep. Pure plain and simple. This is parallel thought at its finest. And they're both channeling a very similar, uh, you know, a very similar palette of influences. I would say too, probably there are some in the, in, I, I would say more with with intercourse. There's a little bit more of a tongue in cheek. There's a little bit more humor going on. Sarcasm, with sarcasm going on with the lyrics. Versus, Sardonicism. Yeah, there's you know um, overall it's it uh, lyrical lyrically it's just so enjoying. It, it, it's I, I, I this this album. I reviewed accidentally an episode ago for episode one. My bad. So I've been listening to this album for even longer than I usually give most records because we got to keep moving on. Well, it's been out since May, and I've been jamming it since then as well. Yeah, so even then when you're like, you just came, you're like just releasing, like, come on now. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was my but, bad. But yeah, overall, this this is great. Uh, I could throw a, a dart at the the track listing of this album, and I would say yes. Fucking so, a behind yeah. uh, behind the. Um, Sorry, I mean, behind the needle play album, this is definitely like my favorite of the podcast for sure. I Once jam. again, spoken word though, we're kind of on the same thing there. Where losers go to die, and the Iceman's tears uh, are my two. Uh, very, I, I really enjoy them. Uh, Iceman, if you guys are mentioning Iceman like Kuklinski, it's pretty fucking pretty funny because I'm pretty sure one hundred percent that's fucking cried. That's it. They're definitely he. They reference the author in the title as well. Oh, he did cry once. Never mind. All right. Yeah. Yeah, where losers go to die, definitely fucking good for sure. Um, he Meyer's hammer, especially though, I feel like is some of the best work that Tarek has put forth thus far. It's really like gut wrenchingly sincere, especially on that track. Mm-hmm. Even though the instrumental is a bit like repetitive, I th- I feel like that really gives him a chance to kind of like lean into like the um, the emotion behind the lyrics. This is also, instrumentally speaking, Intercourse's most aggressive album, too. There's a lot of, like, very arguably moshy sequences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this also is why this uh, I've been enjoying this record for damn near two months. Uh, it's it, It's got that heaviness, but also I feel like the frustrating vocals adds to that, just like Chat Pile, you know? Mm. Uh, where Chat Pile has heavier parts that I really enjoy. It's like uh, Dallas Beltway is rid- ridiculous. But there's other tracks that just hit you because of just the lyrical content and everything so um overall i just say intercourse fucking well done this was awesome it's like they're not doing anything different than they've already done before like this is still like the the same intercourse the same band but yeah i think that they really just have like hit a nerve lyrically it aligned with the instrumentals this time really powerfully some raw hardcore punk going on here yeah um, really straight up i mean I, I if anything if anybody's like like to a layman you know i would just say just some hardcore fucking punk going on here and for just sure let them take uh, absorb that more punk it is. more hardcore on this album than ever before and i think that sort of plays into what i was saying earlier about the moshiness like on the track i need saturday off so i can play a teenager's basement do you know what also <laughs> do you know what that is the that's one of the best song titles i've ever heard it's also a really good fucking track it is like, also yeah. a really good track also, yeah, Robert um, agrees here in the chat here. That, that was the one. George Soros funded also, which is not only hilariously hilarious lyrically, but it's probably their most like quote unquote math core oriented track as well. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, this album is gripping from the moment that Stand By Me quote hits to the album finishes. <laughs> and the the whole narrative reads something like a disturbing novel that is just detailing someone's personal destruction. And I think it's Intercourse's best album so far. I need Saturdays off so I can play a teenager's basement. <laughs> I also gotta say, damn you, intercourse that hits so hard. It's so, it's so. Hollywood, Florida. This I had to just bring this up very quickly because it's probably the most quotable song from the album with classics like "If you can't handle me at my Ted Kaczynski, honey, you don't deserve me at my Chuck Bukowski." So good, but I see the second. I oh, see the second one. I love this one. Or ever seen a white guy fuck? Ugh, it is not good. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's like watching them dance. <laughs> Two white men having a good laugh about that one. It's so good. It's just like I, I went back to that, that track. I was like, wait, what? And I just like backed it up a little bit. I was like, all right, you son of a bitch. You got me. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, if you've ever seen Levi Fuck, it's very arrhythmic. Got <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, got that, got that. Yeah. All right. So I think George Soros funded is the track that we should we should play for them, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's very, it's got like a little more tech to it. Either that or uh, the opener where losers go to die. If you if you wanted to play that one, I would have no no objection. Pull the trigger, bitch. Do something. (laughs) (laughs) To quote the deceased, what is is it? To quote Mitch Lucker, I'm going to pull the trigger, bitch, on. I can't believe you noticed I did the suicide silence thing. God, you did. All right. Date ourselves a little bit there, but it's all good. (laughs) So we're going to play Where Losers Go to Die, which is track one from Halo Castration Institute, and that came out back in May. Here we go. So that was Where Losers Go to Die, which is track one from Halo Halo Castration Institute, which is Intercourse's new album, which came out back in May. And yet going back a bit for that one, but it needed to be covered. Worth it. So good. Yeah. Yep. Two months old. Still been jamming it like on the weekly. So So next we're going to talk about Bend the Knee. And Bend the Knee are a mathcore deathcore quartet from Richmond, Virginia. And they just released their new album, Eyes Behind the Algorithm, on June 14th. Although the production is a little rough at times. Wow, take that right from me there. Okay. I mean, let's just get right to the heart of it. It's sort of a, a bit of a, I don't want to say homebrewed, but maybe it, like let's say like a lesser quality studio recording. Let me put some frosting on this. The production was good enough for it not to lose my attention. 100%. It's it's not like you're listening to like pre-production demos quality bad. It's just, you know, it's, it's not super, super sharp. There's probably a limited number of drum mics. And I mean, it, it sounds like more of a kind of like a live recording, basically. This is going no to... No complaints, really, truly. It's just, it's it's rougher is all. I'm going to put a little dot on the, on, the, on the board. I'm going to tie a string to this next point I'm going to bring up. Please. Okay? So... Um, we're going to start comparing bands right off the bat. Uh, Christian did this earlier with his story on Mathcore Index. I do this every time we're about to record it. If you see me post six FFOs in a row, 
podcast you know that's our list for the yeah (laughs) yeah i I really hope every time i see you do that i'm like i hope everybody knows is like what he's giving out right now because i don't tell people that it's just like you have to you know see that so uh ultimately this band is really i'm just gonna say like what i'm picking up just from my ears and everything they are really touching on this like early I'm gonna say it once, my spacey, but it's it's more just early aughts of metalcore yes. and 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 just um. That's a resounding yes. When when, when everyone's we were, gonna agree with what you're when saying. When we were all finding deathcore, you know, the mix of where it went from metalcore to deathcore, you know, like where that where <laughs> yeah. that where that comes. But ultimately, it is very um, yes, yes, and yes. It's very misery signals. Yes, uh, I will say <laughs> poison I, the well. Poison the well. Um, uh, there is a seven angels, seven plagues. I will. I will tell you one band specifically to look up and then you get back to me but there's a band the nicia room n-i-c-e-a room this would have been one uh right when like after calculating infinity came out there's quite a few dillinger kind of like brewed up bands and journal myotonia yes prior to this even like so that band specifically just um there's um there's a specific and God damn it, it's a chef's kiss to to everybody and bend the knee. But the breakdown specifically have this simple chug that almost doesn't get done anymore. And also just the the riffs to the breakdowns, it, it really just overall, even though this is a new release, it just takes me back. And I mean that in the best way possible. <laughs> right down to the recording quality. And, but, but it's, it's like and, you're hearing, it's like straight out of 2008. I mean, this is all like satire. You're all literally just intentionally trying to fucking do this. Also, well, well, done. well done. I love it. That's even better. Like, damn, you're good at this. But like overall, like I'm getting this amazing vibe from this. And uh, over, yeah, just, uh, man, I'm, I'm almost kind of speechless because it's almost like I've listened to this album before, but I haven't, you know? <laughs> In a good way, you know. Go on, King. Yeah, so that that's about it, man. I I just want to say bring some some early odds vibes and in a really good way. And I don't want to say MySpace because I always feel like it's more deathcore when we were talking about MySpace. This is something. But they just... do have those savage deathcore breakdowns. Yeah. Just to sort of like bring it full circle, like with the MySpace thing. Some fucking just. I feel like, like... I'm in the Triple Rock in Minneapolis listening <laughs> to this fucking band with some salt chugs and shit. Like, god damn it. Yeah, there's a very strong early aughts metalcore influence as Levi was saying on this record. However, again, there are very low end deathcore moments up, you know, aside from those metalcore melodicism moments and a lot of mathcore chaos too. Like the yeah. opening, the opening faking smiles is a bit of all of that. Yep. And that's why I think it's my favorite track. The- they also make room, sorry to just, no, no, no that, that one grabbed me immediately too. Yeah. They do also make room for, occasional jazz breaks and like loud soft dynamics like on the track prodigal sun and for reasons like this it really strongly recalled into the moat for me like that combination of mathcore and deathcore with jazz breaks is is right down what I'm they were doing s- i'm stepping in here that's why everybody needs to look up nisia room there it is similar yep goddamn right into the moat another band that was sort of on a more down-tuned and breakdown oriented variation of what dillinger was doing yep yep uh, really when you take a like a, that 10 second to really go into free jazz where it's like, Oh, that's like lie by mistake, you know, where it is true. Just bam jazz back into the breakdown or something like that. It's like, yeah. Holy fucking shit. A few, a few bands. I mean, you would definitely have bands like the heartland, for example, who would have like a very brief mm-hmm. jazz break. Like they would literally quote Charlie Parker in one of their songs, if I'm not mistaken, Donna Lee. But, um, yeah, the, it's it's not like on like a jazz core level of like live by mistake. It's it's a little more. Uh, it's a teaser. It it's just not as I don't want to say it's not as proficient, but it's a little more elementary. I went far there. Live by mistake has like full tracks of like fucking flamenco style shit going on and things like that. You know, like there's a lot of uh, crazy guitar work going on there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, really, they're like the tip top of that genre. It's, I mean, it's a very small pool of bands within the jazz core you know subgenre itself but i do think the melodic portions can sometimes leave a little bit to be desired in terms of execution like it it's not like it's bad or anything but it could i think that they have room to grow let's say agreed there's also a pretty lackluster guitar solo on this album if i'm uh, yeah I'm, I'm almost positive i'm thinking about the same band there's a, yeah i can't remember what track it is but one of the guitar solos definitely was not doing it for me. But other than those very minor complaints, this is super promising. And uh, I'm looking forward to what this band does next. Mm-hmm. Bend the knee. Well done. 
So I think uh, Faking Smiles is the one. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Faking Smiles, which is track one from Eyes Behind the Algorithm. And that is Bend the Knee's new album that came out on June 14th. Here we go. So that was Faking Smiles, which is track one from Ben the Knee's new album, Eyes Behind the Algorithm. Eyes Behind the Algorithm, even. And that came out back in June. So next, we're going to talk about Terms. And Terms are a math rock, noise rock duo from St. Louis, Missouri, featuring Christopher Troll, formerly of Yowie and Grand Yulena. What? So some serious pedigree behind this record already with the guitarist. However, then you also have Danny Pachoki of Jitters. We've covered this band before. It's it's Jitters, been a second. You though. goddamn right. Uh, I mean, we've covered Terms as well, but it's just been a second. They, I think they put out a three song EP in 2020, and we haven't revisited it since then. Really? Yeah, we, we've covered this band before. So yeah, now they're back with their new album, All Becomes Indistinct, which came out on April 21st via SkinGraft Records. So just speaking of like labels that sort of endorse a certain sound, I would say SkinGraft is like the premier noise rock label. They, they, I mean, they put out so many quintessentially good noise rock and like Zool bands. It's interesting that we're on this podcast, we're defining the labels like this, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Skin graph would be the one. 100%. I yeah. mean, Erebon radar and, um, the flying Lutenbachers to name. Pretty like, sure man as a bastard was on there at one point too. Um, God, what a cheer, cheer exercise. I think the name of the band is, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Just like the quintessential noise rock label and terms, definitely hitting some math rock notes as well, but it's so unorthodox. And there's such an element of semi, speaking of like jazz and semi-improvisational qualities, they, they hit all of the above on this album. Agreed. Uh, yeah, this came out so long ago, but our Patreon supporters voted on it and, uh, you know, a while back actually, and we were just unable to work it in until now. So I felt like we needed to do that. It's also, an, it's a great album too. Much like Yowie, there's again, just a staggering amount of detail, variation and dynamics in these arrangements. There's really just so much happening that you can really just sit back and 
kind of like let this album consume you. It's not a passive listen at all. Wow, just you describing the pedigree, this album makes so much more sense. Holy fucking <laughs> shit. Wow. Yeah, homie Christopher Troll, like, this dude is the best guitarist in noise rock, I would say, or my favorite anyway. I mean, the most technical, the most unorthodox, and like idiosyncratic in technique, hybrid picking, yep. um, s- string skipping, alternate tunings, every just anything that you can think of to like switch it up from the normal frameworks and like musical palette is, is being applied here. It's like outside of the fucking boxes you could possibly get in this kind of music to, to the point that it borders Zool, you know? Uh, this, I gotta say, uh, any critique I had of this band now, it's just like knowing the pedigree. It's like, holy fucking shit, this makes so much more sense. Uh, yeah, uh, overall though, there, it has this like um, yowie like groove to it uh and i mean that and just i'm just trying to compare it to something you know uh i i, I overall can... was just like mm, yeah mm, mm-hmm. yeah like the whole fucking album you know it grabbed me for being instrumental it's sometimes hard to be completely grabbed by an instrumental album i agree for myself so. yeah there, there's plenty of like oh fuck moments though mm-hmm. i think is was what separates terms from other instrumental bands kind of like what cloud chaser had it's almost like if you're oh you're bored and i fucking give you a little shot in the arm they're like are you paying attention you know just they you know they pick it up a little bit so anytime i was kind of being lost in this album i really felt like it just you know some kind of groove got me or something like that where i mean most of the time i just want to be like there's just yaoi vibes throughout this whole fucking thing and i just wanted to keep writing that over and over again i mean you can tell that for sure on a couple of tracks in particular such as so what is it i'm sorry the planet, excuse me, the plummet section, in particular, felt like it was a leftover from the synchro mysticism session. Hmm. Okay. Okay. The the last track, I believe. God damn! Fourteen fucking tracks. Holy the, shit! Yeah, this is a lot of material. On that note, I also get the sense that some of the guitars were like recorded first, and then drums came afterwards, like on the track "Soup of the Day." But Danny just makes it feel so natural on every take. So even if some of it is like improvisational or even semi-improvisational, it still just feels so natural. I will say teetering's, uh, was it teetering? Teetering scene for sure. Yeah, yeah. That would be one of my faves. So Same. Yeah. Still sour, make innui. The opening is quite good, but track two. Teetering scree. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Scree! <laughs> yeah, teetering scree track two definitely on some different shit for sure. I have to agree with you there. Yep. Yeah, this is just this is so good, man. Um, I heard someone else. I think maybe it was the heaviest. Compare it to those isometric, excuse me, isometric exercises where the guy is playing drums along to "It's Always Sunny," and he's wow. like mimicking the dialogue. Again, that track "Soup of the Day" really brings that vibe super, uh, super hard. Holy shit! <laughs> Holy shit! Just to bring it back to the whole jazz thing, that's that's pure jazz right there. That's pure jazz. So yeah, let's go ahead and give him "Teetering Scree" though. Amazing. So we're gonna play "Teetering Scree," which is track two from "All Becomes Indistinct," which is Term's new album, which came out back on April twenty-first. Here we go.
All right, so that was Teetering Seam, which is track one from Terms' new album, All Becomes Indistinct, which came out back in April via Skin Graft Records. So before we wrap this up, thank you so much if you made it to the end of the podcast. If you liked what you heard, please do us a solid. Leave us five stars. Leave us a review. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at email us at mathcoreindex at gmail.com. Again, please check out our Patreon if you want to get some cool benefits. Uh, last reminder for MathCore Index Fest 2023, July 22nd at Transpecos in Queens, New York, featuring... Who's <laughs> playing again? Featuring, I was going to say, let's do it one more time. <laughs> featuring the Sawtooth Grin, Venus Twins, Thin, Under the Pier, Sunflower, More of Myself to Kill, Miko, and the Cheeseburger Picnic most recently. I'm forgetting somebody. Did you really? I think I am. <laughs> I'll go back and fix it if not. Or maybe this, I won't. This, Who cares? This, 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 this is a math core index test. Let's just see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put down my phone very deliberately and then I totally fucking blanked on it. So Basically, if you haven't bought a ticket yet, you're fucking up. Get a ticket. More, you're fucking up more than Christian is right now with Get a the band listing. Yeah, it's on. they're on sale right now. Only 20 bucks for fucking eight bands. And it's not going to be all night. You know, It's only from five to... Uh, I think the music will be done by ten, so... Make it easy on the people working there as well. <laughs> yep. Game on, baby. All right. So I guess that about wraps it up for the 101st episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with some more sick underground bands. Good night and stay beautiful. <laughs>